This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 274. We have to make choices also about who are the people that we want to spend time with, who drains us, and maybe if somebody drains us or is just overwhelming or their views and negativity perhaps just absolutely suck our energy dry, then we might choose to spend time with other people. You know, I'm very intentional about who I choose to spend time with. And when people drain me or are just their values are so out of alignment with my values, no judgment there, it's just differences, then I'm going to choose not to spend time with those people. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, hello and welcome to the show. It is fabulous to have you here. My name is Meg Rentschler. I am the host of the Star Coach Show, and I have an insider secret to share. Today, as the show goes live, I am turning 59 years old, which kind of blows my mind a little bit, but it shouldn't be a surprise. It's just one year extra from what I did last year. And as I was prepping one of my amazing interviews for the show this week, I sort of stopped dead in my tracks and I thought, this is my 59th birthday and I've been with my audience now for four years. We have close to 300 shows now. Maybe it makes sense if I just spend time with you, just me and you on my birthday. Although my amazing interviews are coming and I will tell you they have been amazing. I've been interviewing sort of nonstop these last couple weeks. And I am super excited for what I have to share. But I'm also super excited to share with you some life lessons that I've learned over my six decades on this planet. There were obviously more lessons that I could even begin to share, but I really was thinking about it and started jotting down what is really sort of coming up is important for me. And through our connection, the show and being a part of each other's lives. My intention was to just explore some of those life lessons that I've learned. And I would love to hear from you how they landed on you and what comes up for you in the way of life lessons. Now, this is not intended to be preachy or all-knowing. As a matter of fact, I am the first one to say I am as far from all-knowing as can be. But I just wanted to share with those of you who are here, if this is your first time here, welcome. The Star Coach Show is all about our journey as coaches, as leaders, as people on this planet to be the best we can be, to show up with our connection with others, whether you are building your skills, building your business, being a leader in an organization or coaching in an organization. What can we do? What can we contemplate? What can we think about in learning that comes up for each of us? And I basically, as I just told you, I was preparing a different show. So this is something that was sort of coming up for me in different walks that I've been doing and just in in thinking about, wow, 
as I am closing out the end of my 50s and about, you know, in 365 days, I'll be approaching my 60th year. What is it that really just has come up for me that I wanted to share with you, my community? So what came up for me was that first of all, I realized that my underlying principle, the the sort of the the blood that pumps through my veins and and the way that I am not comfortable in any other way but in treating others with respect, kindness and caring. It's not just about that expression you get more bees with honey than vinegar. To me, it's more about just knowing that as human beings, we want to be seen and we want to be appreciated. And what sort of amazes me is giving a smile or a kind word or a thank you, how surprising it tends to be for people in the community sometimes. So whether it's somebody who's serving me at a convenience store or a restaurant or just somebody I'm engaging with and pumping gas next to, being able to say hello and and the looks of surprise and sometimes like maybe that I'm weird that I'm like saying hello but what I just believe that it it goes so much further it's about that element of connection and and that sort of feeds into my focus overall on people on relationships on connection I don't know that I've shared on the show before that my number one strength finder strength is connectedness it is one of those beliefs that I have that just threads through all of the things that I do. It's what makes the world go around from my family, to my friends, to my clients, to the guests that I have on the show. When I was thinking about kind of what makes me tick and the lessons that I learn is that when we do treat people the way that we would like to be treated, when we do that authentically and genuinely, people respond to that. And I go back to, you know, one of my guests asking me, are you best friends with everybody who's on your show? It just seems like you're best friends with everybody who's on your show. I so value the guests that come on the show and share their expertise. And when we're able to just connect through that authentic gratitude and appreciation for what they bring into the world, it sparks something magical. And I don't think that that just has to happen on a show or with people that we know and love. It it can be that connection with a stranger on the street or in, you know, who's doing their best to serve you in whatever they're doing. So I will say that that belief in people, in relationships and connection, that is what has built both of my businesses, what continues to get me business and new opportunities. And very truthfully, it's what feeds my soul. So when I was thinking about, so what comes next after that? And these aren't necessarily in order. This was actually just me sort of brainstorming. I got to thinking about the choices that we make and the perspectives that we have. Through my years as a therapist, and then as as a coach over these past 13, 14 years, it strikes me about the choices that we have and the way that we look at life. One thing that being a therapist definitely taught me was having perspective. When you work with people who have lost their children or have had, you know, incredible trauma in their life or sadness or overwhelm, it really puts things in perspective. 
It's not about comparison. It's just like, wow, let's put things in perspective. And, and it also becomes this concept of what's the lens that we're going to look through life at? Are we going to look through a lens of struggle and scarcity or maybe love and abundance and joy? And it's not the Pollyanna that bad things don't happen. I totally, totally get that bad things happen. And I also think that every day we have a choice of what we're going to learn and how we're going to view the life that we're stepping into, the life that we're moving forward in. You know, one of my sons, I adore both of my sons. They're just, I'm so blessed to have in the young men that they've grown into. But I remember uh, when one of my sons was going through middle school, he just wasn't happy in middle school. And uh, we would talk frequently and I would explore with him what was going on. And yet he just was really in a negative space and angry and would sort of look through everything through that glass half empty, I'm angry, I'm ticked off at the world. And I would just share with him different perspectives and what we could do to sort of help him over that bump. But we established pretty early in his life, we would go have one-on-one dinners, just he and I sometimes. And um, in one of our one-on-one dinners, when he was a freshman in high school, he said to me just out of the blue, you know, mom, for years, you've been telling me that it was my choice how to view situations, how I was engaging with things to try to be more positive. And you know, I just kind of blew you off. But lately, I've been trying to do that. I've been trying to be more positive. And I got to tell you, you know what? It really works. And what a wonderful mom moment to see his growth, but also that he was making a choice to look at situations and claim his power in a different way. And it was a beautiful moment as a mom, but it was also a moment that I've seen again and again through my years of being a service provider, you know, to being a therapist, being a coach. When people grab their power, when they make a decision that they're not going to be victimized by things, but they're going to engage in a way that empowers them, even through horrible things, because I totally get that people have really bad things happen to them sometimes. It's that that view. And when people sort of make those choices, it's uplifting. And when you see people go through horrible tragedy and come through the other side, that's a beautiful thing too. So that's one of my lessons learned, that it is, you know, it is choice and it's hard and life is not always easy. But that when we embrace the choice that's right for us, it can be a really powerful thing. So a follow-up for that for me is that even when we screw up or even when we show up in a way that we don't want to, or maybe make a choice that didn't work for us, that we always have the opportunity to try again. I have a tendency to sort of ruminate about the times that I didn't do what I wanted to do, or I didn't show up in my best way, or maybe I was snarky or I hurt somebody's feelings when I didn't mean to, or even if I did mean to, and then I like, I'm one that just ruminates, oh gosh, if I just had a do-over for that. And so my thought is, you know, we always do have a do-over. We might not have a do-over with that same person, and maybe we do have a do-over with that same person or that same situation, but many times it's just making a choice of how we're going to move forward from there, that we always have the opportunity 
to start fresh, to make the, to recommit to whatever our commitment is and move forward with that. And when we do that, we can then hopefully let go of some of that rumination or, you know, make a decision about the best place to move forward. Now, the other thing I just really want to make a point about is that you might be thinking, she is such a Pollyanna. I totally get that. For example, not every person who comes across our path in life is somebody that we want to spend time with, somebody who our values align with. So I do believe that as a whole, we have to make choices also about who are the people that we want to spend time with, who drains us. And maybe if somebody drains us or is just overwhelming or their views and negativity perhaps just absolutely suck our energy dry, then we might choose to spend time with other people. You know, I'm very intentional about who I choose to spend time with. And when people drain me or are just their values are so out of alignment with my values, no judgment there, it's just differences, then I'm going to choose not to spend time with those people. But overall, believe that people, I try to maintain the belief in positive intent that people do the best they can with what they have to work with. And when I can believe positive intent, that helps me. It's part of the lessons that I've learned. And I also give myself permission to make choices about who I spend time with. All right. So what's another lesson learned for me? A lesson learned for me is what we create room for in our life is what will show up. And that's true in life, in relationships, in business, in the fun we have, whatever. That I know that that sounds kind of woo-woo, but I got to tell you, I've seen it too many times in my own life, in the lives of my clients, in friends, family, just in life in general. The guests that are on my show tell stories about having to make tough decisions about things to let go of so that you can create space in your life for the things that are that you want to invite into your life. I remember very clearly having to make a decision to let go of all the managed care contracts that I had as a therapist. Now, for any of you who are not therapists, which are probably the vast majority of you, particularly when managed care first came through, it you had to fill out applications and meet with the insurance companies. It was a big deal to get those contracts, to get those managed care contracts. That's how you got your referrals. That's how you got your payment. And it was years. I mean, I'd gone into my therapy practice in 1990. It was about 1993, 1994 that managed care kind of came through and put everything on its head. And then I had to begin applying to be on those contracts. So I didn't leave my practice till like 2000, oh, I don't know, 10, 11, uh, really leaving my practice. I was overlapping my coaching and my therapy for a while. So I'm trying to paint a picture for you here that those contracts were security. They were gold. And what I had done was put those contracts on hold. I had said to the different insurance companies that I was contracted with, let me go on a hiatus of not taking new clients for a little while. Because what I was doing was building my coaching practice. And I couldn't build my coaching practice if I was still taking on new therapy clients. However, 
that comes to an end. If you're on a insurance company's register as one of their therapists, you can't just stop taking new clients. So at some point, I had to make a decision. Can I let go of these contracts and fully believe in my coaching? Coaching is where my heart was. Coaching was where I wanted to be. However, there was a big security to those contracts that I had and that flow of therapy clients that I had. So that when I made the decision to write letters to all of those insurance companies and remove myself from their contracts, let go of all of those contracts I worked so hard to get, that was a big deal. But I got to tell you, if your decisions that you make are out of fear and out of scarcity, then what you want to create room for isn't going to happen because you're holding on so tight. There's two types of emotion-based decisions, those that we make out of fear and those that we make out of love. And fear-based emotions are things like scarcity and hate and anger and resentment, and they're super powerful. However, they do not lead to making empowering choices. They actually, whenever we make a decision out of fear, it tends to keep us stuck. So taking a big gulp and moving forward in, okay, I'm going to let go of these contracts and I'm going to believe that I can build the business that I want as a coach. I had built the business that I wanted as a therapist. It was time to let it go. And I had to make some difficult choices to do that. But once those were let go, then the room that opened up for me to invite in contracts and work as a coach was really kind of awe-inspiring. And I've never, ever regretted letting go of those contracts that I had worked so hard to get, but I had to make room for the new. So that's my lesson learned from kind of trusting and making a choice out of faith and love and joy about what I wanted to move into instead of scarcity and fear and and any, you know, I think I might have become resentful of my therapy clients. I would hate to believe that, but if I continued to hold on to them when when I didn't believe that that's really where I needed to be. As as we continue on with my lessons learned, the other lesson that is so key to me is that we're never done learning. We're never done growing. I just shake my head sometimes when I hear people speak as though what we know right now in 2022 is the only thing that could ever be. I mean, just think about the changes that we've learned about in neuroscience and that which was believed in, you know, in even in, in the 80s when I went through college is very different so many things have changed, particularly, you know, I was in social work and uh, human development and so many more things that we've learned. So that concept of what can we explore and learn, what is possible and maybe outside of our current knowledge or belief or understanding that if we don't stay open to what could be, what are we going to miss? So that huge concept of being lifelong learners never being done learning, huge lesson. Now, my next few lessons are business-based lessons. As I was thinking about things, I just couldn't keep that, you know, business-based stuff out of what I wanted to share. So one of my huge lessons learned was that I had to treat my business like a business and not like a hobby. 
Now, I didn't think I was treating it like a hobby. I mean, I was working all the time. I was, you know, getting new business. And this was both, you know, as I look at it now, both as a therapist and as a coach, I think in parts of my business, I treated them more like a hobby than a business. And yet, and maybe even some of this became apparent to me through these interviews with these awesome guests that I have on the show. Maybe now that I'm, th- I'm actually coming up with this realization as I'm talking to you at this moment, because some of the things that my guests would say, I'd think, oh, do I have that down pat? Or am I maybe treating the- not treating my business as a full business? So in order to really flourish the way I'd like my business to, I had to make some decisions and kind of look at things. I would say that in full disclosure, there's probably still some things that I'm still working on to really be like in total alignment as a business. And probably the biggest thing for me is still working on building that team. I know you've heard me say it before. You know, I I have hired some more people, but they're all sort of contractual people doing this, that. I really need to look at my team because I do know that one person does not build a business. And that's probably the one thing that keeps me most in the sort of hobby state. I've got to grow my team. But then I got to thinking, what can I ask you to think about so that you can like determine, okay, am I treating my business like a hobby? So I picked just a couple things for you to think about. One of them is, are you productive or are you just busy? Now, we talked about this in my episode with Dr. Stephen Kirch, and that was episode 258. But it's that concept of if you're really a competent business owner, you're productive and you're getting things done. You're not just busy all the time, but not getting any traction. So I would really encourage you, if you want to learn more about this one and you haven't heard my episode 258 with Dr. Stephen Kirch, definitely tune into that one. You're going to want to hear that one. My next question for you, do you know your business numbers or do you fly by the seat of your pants? So in other words, your business, the data that comes in your business is what really creates the decisions that you make about the business that you have. Where are you getting your income? Where are you spending your money? All those kinds of things. We got to know our numbers. And I loved my interview with Michelle Cooper, uh, episode 248. She shared great tips for being a profitable business owner by knowing your numbers. So, you know, do you know your numbers or are you just kind of taking what you can and really have no earthly idea? Next question for you. Are you your own best kept secret or are you letting people know what you do and how they can work with you? You cannot keep your light under a bushel basket. You've got to shine. Just a couple weeks ago in episode 267, I talked about getting in front of people. How do you build your confidence to do that? What's the message that you're going to share? So if you haven't heard episode 267, I recommend that you go back and listen to that. And then my last question for you, not that this is the last question at all about being a business or a hobby, but I'm not going to overwhelm you. I just want you to think about a couple. So my last one is, have you separated your business and your personal bank accounts? If you haven't, or you're confused about the value of doing that, I recommend my episode 95. So it was a while ago, but it was a good one with attorney Jason Amon. He he taught us about protecting our assets and sort of being a business owner in that sense. So 
when we think about our business being a business versus a hobby, that's one of my huge lessons learned. And as I was literally thinking about as I was sharing that with you, a lot of those lessons came from the different people that I've had on the show challenging all of us to make our business a solid business. Now, the other thing that came up as a lesson learned just as I was thinking about business was, and this has just proven true to me like over the 30 years that I've been working with people, and that's how clients begin is usually the way that they will continue. So just being aware of that will help you make informed decisions. For example, if you've got a client who is hemming and hawing about scheduling or wants to negotiate everything with you, you know, maybe they no-show for your exploratory call and then they come back and they want another explore. I mean, those kinds of behaviors just tend to be behaviors that continue. Same thing, if you've got somebody who's super motivated, who wants to schedule time with you, they show up, they've done their pre-work, they're ready to go, they're raring to go, that's likely the way that they're going to be in your working together. So you just need to know that and make sure that their needs, their style, their demands are a fit for you or not a fit for you. And then you can make a choice to either, yes, I want to work with this person or maybe decline the relationship and therefore create space for the clients who are a great fit for your program, for your coaching, for your you know, online course, whatever it is that you are offering, you want to make space for those clients who are a great fit. And one little point of notice is that how clients start tend to be the way that they continue. All right. And then I just want to encourage all of you to think about We each have our own contribution to make, and we each bring our own value into the situation. So if we get caught up in comparison, if we get caught up in jealousy, or the other side of that is that it, you know, diminishes what we bring or diminishes our light, it might shut us down, it might stress us out. Conversely, it might make us feel really boastful and unappreciative of other people's gifts. So comparison sort of is a double-edged sword. It can either make us feel crappy or it might make us feel just great in comparison to somebody else. But is that really the kind of energy that you want to give out? So I would encourage you to like value your own contribution, understand what you're bringing forward, and that each and every other person is bringing forward their gifts in their own way too. And yeah, there's some people who are just hitting it out of the park. And they might even be hitting it out of the park in a way that you think, wow, why aren't I hitting it out of the park the way that they're hitting it out of the park? Well, then I would just encourage you to be thinking about what do I need to do to hit it out of the park the way that they're hitting it out of the park? And vice versa. If somebody's not doing as well as you, or, you know, they're looking up to you, well, that's a compliment, and that's, you're blessed to be where you are. It doesn't make you better than anybody else. So that's my lesson learned about comparison, because I really believe that sometimes comparison can just take the wind out of our sails. I have one more lesson that I want to share today, and very truthfully, I haven't even been paying attention to the time. I've just been talking with you, so I hope I haven't gone way over in the episode today. The final lesson that I just wanted to share with all of you is fundamental to me. It's fundamental to everything that I do, 
to my beliefs, to my interactions with others. And what that belief is that there has to be something bigger than us. If it is just about what we're doing today and the the ins and outs of daily life, and there isn't a power that ties us all together, that eclipses all of us, but it's part of all of us being together. For me, that's God. And I can't imagine what it would be like to not have a power, a being, a love that transcends all of us. Anything that happens in our sometimes screwed up human relationships, in our struggles, in our conflicts, in the confusion that we can have. So fundamentally to me, God is my touchstone. God is my anchor. And I believe that I've learned over time that we're all connected. We're all on a journey of growth and development. We're all at different places in that journey. And sometimes that can be aggravating to all of us when we meet somebody who's in a different place or on a different plane. But there's connection. And there's that thread that ties us all together. And to me, that gives hope and perspective and a promise of new beginnings. And I just have to say that I am blessed and honored to be connected with you. And I thank you for being here while I share some key life lessons that I've learned over my six decades on this earth. I guess I felt compelled to explore these with you because We've spent several years together now, for those of you who have been with the show from the beginning, and I have every intention of spending many more with you. So somehow sharing my life lessons just felt really important to me today on my birthday, and I hope it was okay, and I hope it was all right with you that I did so, and I would love to learn some of your life lessons if you want to share those with me. This upcoming year, is really special to me because I've made some commitments to myself of things that are going to happen before I turn 60. And some of those I'm going to invite you along the way on. Some have, you know, are on a different plane and doing a different thing, but I will invite you along to those things that you might want to be a part of. Now, one of the things I'm going to invite you along on is coming back next week and being a part of the show again. I'm welcoming Eshao free sky to the show. He's going to discuss how time blocking can change your outcomes, can make you more productive, can, like to the point earlier, make you a business owner versus a hobby owner. So I'm excited to invite him next week, and I think you're going to really enjoy what he has to share. As always, if you're enjoying the show, I would appreciate a rate and review. Or even better for right now, I'm in a competition to get some sponsorship money for the show. What's great about this sponsorship money is that you won't have to listen to any ads because it's going to be some sponsorship money that's just given because of what I'm doing with the show. So if you could leave a little note for the judges about what you love about the Star Coach Show, there's a link for that in the show notes at starcoachshow.com slash 274. That's starcoatshow.com slash 274. It'll be at the bottom of the show notes and it'll say, leave a loved note. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler, a year older and hopefully a little bit wiser, wishing you the very best for your week. I hope you come back next week. Bye-bye.